You are now tuned in to The Gifted Gab. That was close. Well, now it's time to sit back, relax, you know, take a deep breath, whether you're on your morning commute or you're at the gym or you're watching this from your living room on a Friday night. You're now tuned into a new episode of 1K Convos on the Gifted Gap. I'm here with my guy, Ethan. Ethan is, uh, you know, there's not one word to describe what you do. You do a lot of things, but I think... uh, the word I would, or sentence, or phrase I would use to describe you is, you're very true to yourself, mm. and living your truth. And uh, you know, you got a lot of different projects going on. Yeah. Your weight loss journey has been impressive. Thank you. Appreciate you know, that. Um, public speaking. You know, you've been on TV. You know, you've been a, a voice in this movement for a long time now. Um, it might not feel that long, yeah. but it is, <laughs> it is a long time. I think you know. Anything over a year is a long time. I mean, fair. You know? Look at, um, look at this pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> the pandemic has gone on too. It's a long time. It's a long time. You know? How you, first of all, how are you feeling? Like, how are you... How are you feeling? Like, with everything going on with... You know, we're still in the middle of this shit. Oh, I'm... I'm honestly good. You know, it's, it is a lot with... You know, everything that's external going on. But, you know, by way of, you know, existing in a pandemic, it's, you know, it's been so long. You know, it's just life now. It's, there's a new normal. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't adapt fast enough, you sit there and you lose. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have a business. It's how you feed yourself and your kids. And, you know, you got to stay above it. So I'm just trying to go with the flow and do what I can to, to keep, you know, providing service to people and, you know, get the job done. Yeah, so it's you know I'm tired like everybody else. I think we're uh, all tired, <laughs> but uh, but still here, it's still kicking, and still still disturbing that that shit. Disruptive. <laughs> I like I, I like the word. You know, if there's one word that's become my favorite word throughout the pandemic, is disruptive. Mm. You know, I think you can be creatively disruptive. You can be, you know, the obviously institutions have become finite like these financial disruptions. Things are not what it once used to be yeah you know i think like the sooner we wrap our heads around that you know the sooner we can yeah move move forward forward you know not even move on just move forward but you yourself have been disruptive both creatively and just disruptive disruptive (laughs) you know any any one of my circles and see that and just cackle (laughs) (laughs) but it's 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 become very productive, you know, like the city is listening to you, mm-hmm. you know, people are hearing what you have to say, you know, what has gone, I know that the passion is behind it, but tell me a little bit more about what kind of fueled you to speak more. Um, I think what fueled me outside of the ridiculous support system that I have uh, is seeing the, the constant effect that, you know, sharing and being open and vulnerable and, you know, diving more into the suck has been, you know, the, the more that I go into that place and you have to dig, you know, into the not so nice pieces of what I've experienced in this lifetime and, and you get to share it openly and, 
and have it be received the way that it does and have it, you know, change the way people view mental health or change the way they view themselves, maybe their partner, brother, sister, you know, the people in their life, like that's a weird blessing in kind of an ugly fight, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, to hold this space. So, you know, I think that, you know, I don't know, I don't really know how else to do it. I don't know how else to be. It's, it's, it's just how it works. And, and I love doing it. I love being that it is, it is a, you know, a wild undertaking, but being disruptive is, is kind of, you know, what makes me tick mm-hmm. now. So for me to, to answer this call and to dive in deep is, is, you know, what it takes to do this. And like I told you before we started, you know, being uncomfortable is like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And it is still, it is still uncomfortable. But if, if I'm uncomfortable, you know, I'm, I'm taking steps in the right direction and moving forward. So that's how yeah, it works for me. Yeah. And, and, you know, you focus obviously from the mental health aspect, mm-hmm. you know, you, you are a person, I think your exp- experience is your expertise, you know, yeah. if anybody's more qualified to speak on it, it's someone that's, you know, had their own battles, had their own struggles with it, you know, um, me personally, I have a very, very complicated relationship with academia mm. because it removes the experience. It's, it's always a third person narrative you know, mm-hmm. but when it's from the first person, it's raw, it's real, it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you're right, but people listen. Yeah, and so I found so far. <laughs> so, so far, so, so tell me how it's kind of fueled some of the projects you got going on, I don't know if the ones you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, fueling these projects is, yeah, everything about me is kind of the same everywhere I go. You know, I still have to heal and grow as, as I do this. You know, there's lots of things that come up as you dig and as you dive into that war. You know, so fueling projects is, is more, you know, I've healed in a certain way or I've healed and, and found answers this way. You know, I'm, you know, fueling a project is just sharing tools right now. That's a that's a project that's never ending for me. How I share and shoot, share tools is, you know, it works for me. And it, you know, wasn't a doctor that said, you know, this, that, and the other thing. You know, I have a fun thing about psychiatrists and doctors and my experience with the health system the way it is you know so for me it's I've had to go other routes so it fuels me because my own mental health and my own journey is isn't done and it never really will be so how can I navigate that and still do good work well to share the work that I did mm-hmm. I did it on myself I know that it does work and it could work for you it may not I'm not a doctor I am just a guy that's experienced and sharing it mm-hmm. you know it fuels itself that way when I keep healing um you know to write a book about this whole, you know, childhood trauma experience that I, you know, lived through the violence, the, you know, drug addiction, the, the you know, everything in my life that I've gone through, writing a book about that, the way that I went about it, the way that it's kind of come to and having, you know, working on getting it published now, you know, feeling that has been hard, you know, the imposter syndrome has been pretty pretty aggressive like it's a book it's a tangible real you know like my videos are real you know the work I do is real but it's also very you know there's a screen I'm here people talk to me and they communicate but I don't you know get to really interact in a human 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 connection a lot of time especially because a lot of this progress has been during COVID Mm -hmm. right so it's been a lot of zoom meetings it's been a lot of you know stuff like this where it's come out afterwards this is the most human connection that you know we I've really got doing this work up until more recently so um you know, f- doing the book was, st- it's still like, what do you mean? It, I want to put this out. Now I can't take it back. 
You can't who's, take it back. Who's going to want to hear it? Like that, that's, that, that, I talked about this the other day uh, in, a, in, a, in a pay by donation reading that I did uh, with a Q&A after, talking about imposter syndrome and how it's been like a real pain to deal with. And it's really aggressive for me. Like I really don't, you know, I struggled with it for a long time, but up until, well, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea that no matter what, I can't take it back and who's going to believe me mm-hmm. kind of fueled the need to keep doing it because it is that, you know, I am also self-aware enough to know that the more that that happens, the more I'm kind of on the right track, you know, it's preventing me from doing something. And every time that that thing has happened, when imposter syndrome, when I beat imposter syndrome, you know, every time that thing has happened, it's always been the next step in my career or the next step to someone else's mm-hmm. healing or my own, or, you know, whatever it is, beating imposter syndrome kind of sets off like that. If you can get through it, good things will happen. Mm-hmm. And it's about a book that has to come out. So what's the only option that I have? Right, the Put book, the book out. Put the book out, yeah. Right, get after this thing and get it done. Like it, it's So it just is constantly fueling everything about the work that I do and who I am as a person fuels. It all feeds and fuels itself. Like It's just I don't... Honestly, you can ask them to come on team. I don't know how else to be. Mm-hmm. It's This is the calling that was placed on my life, and I'm just trying to answer it the best I can. And it's actually, when you say it, it's actually very simple, you know? Just do it and, and, and be yourself. Like, it's, that, what's that phrase? Keep it simple, stupid? Like, it's yeah. as simple as that. It's like being yourself is the easiest thing to be in the world. And if you know who you are. If you know who you are. That's, that's right there. If you know who you are. And, like, there's a lot of noise out here. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of um, instances where you might get FOMO. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of that. I get a lot of that. And I, I also struggle with imposter syndrome mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like, um, but you get past it by, sh- okay, we just got to do it. Right. And, and it's, it's a very fine line because I truly believe like, you know, whatever you, the ideas you have in your head, some may say that's not real, but in your reality, it's very real. Mm-hmm. You know, your perception is everything. So if, if you're looking at things, you're saying, oh, I don't know if I even belong in this room. I don't even, who am I to write a book? Who am I to create a film? Who am Mm -hmm. I to start a podcast, right? When you start to believe those things, right, that that, that comes with that imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. it might inhibit you, And but you're the only person that makes those things real. Yeah, well, and that's like the, uh, what they call it, like the dry bones of it. It's seriously, that thing is, BS. Are we allowed to swear on your show? I didn't even ask. I should ask. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I'm home ago because I've been on a lot. <laughs> you got to do this thing. I've been good with my due diligence and talking to everybody else because I ask because those of you that know me know that this thing has a mind of its own. <laughs> uh, it is. It's bullshit. Oh, that felt so much better. <laughs> that imposter syndrome, that lie, that thing. There, everyone has one. Mm-hmm. You know, m- mine is who's going to want to hear you. Mm. It's always you aren't good enough because who's going to want to hear you. You know, talking to uh, another good friend of mine, it was, you know, why would you let somebody take care of you? Uh, another friend is, seriously, singing. That's all that they would hear. Is like, who said that to you? When you hear that, I want you to just freeze. Time out. We're going to, bear with me. I want you guys to time out. This is a really fun, fun little trick. Ask yourself, who said that to you? Because it wasn't you. Who, who talks to themselves that horribly? Who, who does that? No, nobody. So who said it to you or who made you believe that that was in fact true? Because the only reason that we believe it's true is because somebody made it. Mm-hmm. Somebody, society, a friend, a mom, a dad, somebody made that thing real 
or did something to bring that lie into fruition for you. And now that thing is what stops you because it stopped you before. It knows it can make you pump the brakes, but it is bullshit. It's a lie. This is a symptom of a problem that happened already. This is not it. This is how, that's how simple it is to know that that's a lie. This is the symptom of a tragedy that happened. And I'm not talking trauma and abuse. I'm talking about somebody killing something in you. Mm. It's a residual. There's a residual. You dig there? there? That lie holds nothing on you anymore. Mm. But people get stuck in this fight. And I get it. I get stuck there all the time. Until I remember that someone else killed it. I didn't do that. I don't think I'm that worthless. Somebody else made me believe it at one point in time in my life. That's that imposter syndrome. That's that bullshit. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's a mental fight, man. Like, I, you know, prior to this, you know, I came from the sports world. And in sports, and you know, you, you too, like, it's 95% mental. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole point of this stuff and these journeys and, you know, trying to accomplish these, these they're large, phenomenal tasks. Writing a book is not easy. Writing a book is not easy. But the person that did write the book, they just did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that simple. The person that did go and create this piece of content or do this public speaking or do th- they just did it. Mm-hmm. And it's really that simple. The mental gymnastics that we have to go through in our head, that's that part where they say, you know, sports is 95% <laughs> mental. That mental work in between is up to us. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's yeah, I'm, I'm sure many people, I know everybody impo- struggles with imposter syndrome. In some way, shape, or form. So it's, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, that doesn't b- define you, mm-hmm. you know. You define yourself at the end of the day, all right? You choose which thoughts you want to listen to, which thoughts you want to, you know, let stop your progress. You know, it's it's the same thing with, like, whether you're trying to lose weight, right, <laughs> and you want to stick to a diet. There's a little voice in your head that says, hey, man, just have that donut, you know? Yeah, I mean, they are good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all mental. It's all mental. And I, th- I think now with the conversation... With mental health, I think we're starting to acknowledge how much of this stuff really is mental. Mm-hmm. Because up until now, not many people, and even if you pay attention to like a lot of the narratives, just even in like sports, television, all this stuff, you know, we didn't think about the mentality it took mm-hmm. to get this thing done, or to get this job done, or get to this place, or get whatever it is. Nobody ever talked about it, but now all of a sudden we're we're talking about mm-hmm. what it does take mentally to get somewhere. And it's, it's anybody can be mentally strong, you know, but it takes not everybody's path is the same, mm-hmm. right? This person might be dealing with, you know, trauma here, right? That's there's residual actions from that there, you know, a couple of messed up relationships over here. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they had a terrible day. You know, these are all things that nobody's is the same. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, that kindness thing comes in. It's like you don't know what anybody's dealing with. You don't know mm-hmm. what kind of shitty day a man just had, or this woman just had, or whatever, you know. And I wish I could remember that when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm road human, rage? y'all. I'm human, y'all. You have road rage in I Edmonton? Have, <laughs> no, not at all. Like none. And you know, I, to my credit, I then went to Seattle and saw that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't even know what traffic is. I, <laughs> oh, I can love Seattle. To that. Might not go back just specifically because of the traffic. <laughs> I think that's why I'm so chill here in Edmonton. Mm. Is that you know, growing up in Toronto. Yo, for <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in I grew up in Toronto. Traffic. I I, I came here. I said, yes, yeah, very nice pace. <laughs> so what, there's Yo, nobody in this lane. <laughs> oh my, nobody. I can I can go in here. You know, and, and then like yeah. So I think you know, road rage is a whole other whole other topic, but. You never know what people are dealing mm-hmm. with, you know, and that's why it's just it's so much easier to just be kind. It's such a great standard just to set a bar. I feel like it's easy, you know, and I, I, I get why some people are miserable. You mm-hmm. know, misery loves company. You know, some people who are miserable, they try to make everybody around them miserable. Maybe not try, but, you know, it's a it's one of those residual effects. Right. Mm-hmm. And. um We've come a long way in the conversation. I think we we where we're at right now, especially the city of Edmonton. I think there's a lot that can be done, mm-hmm. but the fact that we're they're starting to acknowledge and give space and, and start somewhere. And I think it's, it's it, I'm not saying they've done a good job, <laughs> but you got to start somewhere, you know. And yeah. I, I I compare it to other cities and other cities, not even you know some of them are are in the opposite direction mm-hmm. you know and we're seeing like with gentrification and and, and capitalism and we're seeing you know things like homelessness being criminalized mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying which is a whole other topic we'll get to you know but <laughs> <laughs> you know but i i i have hope because i see progress mm-hmm. it might be tiny progress it may be really really small progress but we're Direction is sometimes is more important than speed. Yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> my only hiccup is that it's you know the needle just it needs to move more. It does. You know, it's, you know for me, like I like I, it sucks because it sounds you know pessimistic. It's like it is. Mm-hmm. It's good, and like don't get it twisted. It's it, the change and you know getting to see how you know living hope suicide prevention and initiative specifically in our local area is. You know, put together for the record, eleven of us.ca, a suicide prevention and like full on training program where they have free trauma informed training. There's five like five different trauma courses that cost a ton of money in normal circumstances, but it's free. Mm-hmm. You just go to the website and sign up. So like that's so great, right? But then why is it not in every school, in every job, in every corporate situation? Why it doesn't nobody know about it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's like as as somebody who from from where I do the work, like as somebody who's trying to help with affect change and be loud about it. Like it's like, I don't know how much louder I can be. You you're know, one, that's you're one the, person, and that's and that's the thing is it's like it's like it's like where are other people being loud about this specific thing? Like you talk about trauma informed care, would revolutionize this the the school to prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's very this, simple. It's this empathetic community of love and support that's missed in our society, and yet this trauma-informed care is a lot about under just being a genuinely understanding human being and make life better for somebody else so that they can do the same thing. Like, wh- how do we miss that concept? Like, that is one of the things that, you know, I will always have work, and that's also a super drag. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love doing this work. I love trying to affect change because it has to happen. You know, I know that when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to have a job because that needle's got to move. You know, somebody else needs to be reached. Another law needs to be changed. A group needs to be started. A Kenny needs to be gone. <laughs> a, uh, something. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> something. You know. Something. Um, you know, it's 
it is a lot, but it is still super, you know, the days when it is like, am I making a difference to see that, you know, there's another youth-led initiative, there's another youth-led group, there's another, you know, football coach that's doing cool things in this community. Like, there's just, if you just open your heart to be like, is it, are we doing this? It is there, and that is super, super um, refreshing, and it does, like, really keep us going, you know, keeps me going when I really do think that, you know, it's not, nothing's changing. What's changing? You know, if you just look, because it you get, changing. you know, you get tired, you get stuck in the suck. You see it, you're in that, you know, I'm in it every day. And it's draining. It's really nasty. And so all I see around me is the nasty, and it's something, you know, it takes having a good team around you to be like, did you hear about, and it's like this one positive thing that happened that was really great that had nothing to do with anything in the city, whatever the fuck, it was a way. But it was like, yes, okay, cool. Red Deer did a cool thing, which is few and far between. <laughs> like, all of this cool stuff, being able to sit here with you after talking to you like two and a half years ago about doing this thing, you know, mm -hmm. that gives me hope. Because, like, this thing I didn't think it was going to happen, we mm -hmm. all of a sudden didn't get to talk. <laughs> a pandemic goes in, you know, throws a wrench and everything. And I was like, hey, how are you? Actually, I got this book coming. I was like, yo, I got a podcast that you need to be on. Let's do this. And it's three days later, and here we are. Like, that gives me hope because it means that I've grown, you've grown. We've come back to do this cool thing in a much better, better stronger way, position. Yeah. And now it gets to do something greater. Like, that's hope. Mm -hmm. Did we physically move a needle? How are we supposed to know that? But this is hope filled because it has the potential to do so, and that's got to be enough. Mm -hmm. And it's that, you know, that we're individually doing mm -hmm. what we can in our own respective ways to move the needle so that when you come together, come together it's more impactful it's the needle hat it's not going to get the chance to say no <laughs> just, and that, like i feel that and like, i love getting to do stuff like this with other people who i just found out that this shirt has a pocket <laughs> <laughs> sorry everybody <laughs> i'm not going to blame that on my add at all uh, i don't even remember what we were talking about i got distracted by a pocket sorry everybody <laughs> Let's cut there. Are you tired of the running around for a specific hair product, for a specific type of hair? Are you tired of overpaying for services like weave and extensions? Well, are you in the Northwestern Canada's best kept secret? Afro Era in North Edmonton is now open and operating right at Londonderry Mall. Come shop all things black, including hair care, beauty products and accessories, and hair itself. Now accepting online orders as well as walk-ins for braids, weave, and more, there's no more running around to find the right products and services. Your hair is a statement, so treat it like one. Visit us in-store or shop with us online at afroera.ca. Yeah, that's what I was saying with the the camera. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes shit breaks and you just gotta roll with it. And you gotta just roll with it. You gotta roll with the punches sometimes. Yeah, right? man. You gotta roll with the punches. No, but um, that conversation before we breaked, um, I don't remember. We were talking about your pockets. <laughs> yeah, we were I'm talking about your pockets. Happy about the pockets. But no, man. Like I think um, <laughs> there is progress. I think being made. I know it's super slow, and we want it to be happening. I'm just impatient. I feel Me too. You, like I'm I really, you. I'm really impatient too. I truly uh, believe I, you. I know there's, there is, it is. I am just impatient. I think about like, I think like you know, time will tell. Time tells everything. Mm. You know, Father Time is undefeated, and 
with everything that happened, you know, summer of 2020, we saw who was, you know, down for the cause. And, and even today, it's two years, almost two years later, right? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing who was who and who put their money where their mouth was and who stuck with the fight and was really trying to make some change, you know? And, like, it's 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 Black History Month, you know? Like, it's the second Black History Month since, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And change doesn't happen in Black History Month. You know, change is something that's you chip away at mm-hmm. slowly, slowly, slowly. You know, I, I've wrapped my head around the fact that it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter where the change is. You know, you can make the decision to change, right? Starting with the idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, but that's just the idea. You know, how are we following through? How are, what actions we're we doing to follow through? And making you know, sure it lasts. Making I think sure like it lasts. the hard part, you know, changes. It's really the easy piece when you look at it. It's how do you make it last? How do you make this stick? You know, we've been fighting for change for so long, and everybody knows we got to change laws, and that seems to be the hardest place to make it happen. Mm, and like that's that's where I was. I became really discouraged <laughs> because, um, to. you know, <clears throat> summer of twenty twenty, you couldn't convince me that laws couldn't be changed because I was seeing laws change overnight in other places mm. like that. So there's no longer this, oh, you know, bureaucracy and it's got to go through here and it's got to go through here. No, 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 no. If you guys want to change it, you're going to mm-hmm. change it. It's that simple. Yeah, you've right? proven it. You've proven it. When it vets you. When the, when the pressure is applied. And that's what, that's what the difference is, is that the institutions are willing to change if there's enough pressure applied. Mm-hmm. The problem is not just institutions. Some of us th- stopped applying pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're speaking, we're saying, hey, you know, like, you're out there, you're vocal about it. Me, I'm vocal about it in different ways now because I think, you know, for me, I, I, I got discouraged with, you know, we go out, we went out there and we said what's wrong. Mm-hmm. We gave you what's wrong. And you didn't put your money where your mouth is. And for me, I, I, I felt like I regressed back mm. to what I know. And I know that, Media is very powerful in, in inciting change. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'm sticking with this because this is what I know. Mm-hmm. And I know I can create something to inspire some change. But I think a lot of us, you know, we stepped out of our comfort zone. And some of us stepped too far out mm-hmm. into battles we didn't quite understand. You know, fights that we didn't quite understand. And at first when there was a lot of us applying pressure, you know, it filtered people through. Because mm-hmm. you start to burn out, right? This is a, a, a very intense fight you're going against. You know what I'm saying? You're not just you're taking on institutions. You're, you're, you're taking you're on generational trauma. Generational trauma. Yeah. You're taking on a a debt that <laughs> like like you know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like it's almost like you know I owe it to you know my people to to do what I can. Mm-hmm. You know because I have the platform. I have the the voice, you know, I have the ability, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm, it's hard not to when you realize like how long this fight's been going. Mm-hmm. It's just so, yeah, like wild. It's wild to really think about it. And even, even in our own right, like you, you know, this is Canada. This is, you know, the indigenous generational trauma that goes so immensely deep. It's deep. And, you know, it's disgusting. you can see too. it and how it's been carried and how it has to be carried and how it's, 
worn the generations down and down and just like no break it is really tiring like you know we're talking about this to shed light on just how exhausting it is to uh to carry these these you know quote-unquote burdens i don't even know if that's the right word because it doesn't you know feel like one it just is this thing this chip on our shoulder mm-hmm. you know we got to keep going who am i to give up now 100 percent. and it's um it's also like you know it's a sustained effort, mm-hmm. which is like, you can't 100% all in because when you burn out, when you keep burning out over and over <laughs> and over and over again, your, your your progress isn't sustainable anymore, right? Yeah. And that's what we've seen, like when we talk about indigenous peoples and the traumas, you know, they face it's generations, like we're talking like over centuries, seven, 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 you know, wow. centuries mm-hmm. of this. It's like, like, like you lose like the energy mm-hmm. to, to fight you can't fight for it's hard to fight for generations mm-hmm. and it's, it amazes me it's amazing to me that they're still fighting you know and we're, we stand in solidarity with them mm-hmm. you know with, like, all how the many atrocities. great great indigenous leaders i know that are still just you know warrior spirit out here every day 100%. it is it's amazing it is something else to lean on when you feel tired is it, to look at how you know how strong these and especially these indigenous women are Mm-hmm. Watching these badass women go through this and, you know, stand up and just use everything in their power to keep going and make noise and make changes. You have to. It's is impressive as fuck, but it's also just super inspiring to know that they can still draw on that strength mm-hmm. after this much time and after everything that's going on is, you know, again, who, who am I to stop now? Who are you to stop now? Exactly. But I also think another <coughs> one more thing, you mm-hmm. know, um, about the sustained fight and why people were so vocal about it in 2020 and not anymore is um, during the pandemic, people wanted to go back to a sense of normalcy, mm-hmm. right? People didn't have their job. The world stopped. And I think I have a theory that that is why so many people were so much more vocal about their injustices because they didn't have anything to lose anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? They didn't have anything to lose anymore. Now we're going back into real life. Now we're back. Mm-hmm. Some people are at work. Some people, you know, you dangle a paycheck and some people, they'll shut the fuck up. You yeah. know, and that's just, that's real. Like, mm-hmm. some people don't have the flexibility to it's say it's what the they want. To do, yeah, it's, they don't have the, the privilege, I guess, in some way, shape, or form, or they you know, just can't get past the mm. fear of it. And that's, it is, again, super fair. It mm-hmm. is. I remember when during, you know, me and Andre were talking about, you know, how come they don't teach black history in, in Canadian universities? And we talked to a lot of professors and we got a very similar answer from a lot of them. Mm. Was that, well, some people would be scared to lose their job over bringing this up. Mm. You know, and that's what, it, for me, <laughs> That's where I'm like, you know, the change won't come in this world, mm-hmm. in the academia world. When you think about how, you know, the academia world is a, it is a Eurocentric system. The university system is, is Eurocentric, you know, it's, it's, it's also, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is a catalyst in capitalism too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When I, my last year of university, 
right before my last year, my York University went on strike. Mm. And I seen the numbers <coughs> of why they were going on strike. It's because, you know, a lot of the TAs were living under the poverty line and they had only were making maybe like ten, twelve thousand dollars a year to keep themselves in school. And I said, Okay, well I'm in the business world, I know how to read a balance sheet. I wanna know how much profit York University made mm. you know, the last two years. And they netted thirty seven mil that year prior to that. You know, you bring in 37 million. And I understand that corporations, yeah, I get it. You know, you want to turn a profit. I get it. 100% understand it. I'm a business owner. I understand. <laughs> like, yo, yeah. you, you, have to, you have to make money. Mm-hmm. But when there's a bunch of people living under the poverty line that work to make your institution function, and especially when it's the school. Like, mm-hmm. we're talking about university. Like, this is where people are supposed to come, learn, Get educated. This is where people come from all over this globe. From all over the world. From all over the world. To get an education so they can go out in the world and become better people and make the world a better place. There's profit and you're willing to starve some people Mm -hmm. to turn your profits. You know, this this is where the problem is. And this is my beef with the scholarly, scholarly, world Mm -hmm. is that it's just still functioning within the same system and you can say the same thing about you know um podcasting and creating content and and film and tell you can say it about every industry but there's something about Mm. the school system yeah and education that yeah you know what i'm saying it's like this for-profit business model okay Mm -hmm. hey you want to go come here and go to school take out a loan don't worry about it. The government will give it to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like you to get a piece of paper that does nothing for the companies that hire that job that you went to because they want you at entry level to have three years of experience, but you can do that because you were oh, in school. But you start. can't do entry level because you, you can't get the job because you needed to do the mm-hmm. work that they're hiring you for. It, it, it's a thing, and it, it makes completely zero sense to, mm-hmm. to me as well. And that's why I'm big on and you're into this too. Um, public speaking, man, mm. it's a different kind of education. It's a different kind of education, you know. It's um, the after hours education. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the this is the stuff that they won't tell you because they fear its power. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your public speaking journey, man, because I I've seen you done a, a few. Yeah, um, public speaking was n- not really the goal, honestly. When I started this, it started as a writing. I was you know, writing pieces, you know call them blog pieces call them you know suicide note was what the first one was honestly um yeah and it was when i started shooting videos that this public speaking thing kind of came out as an idea and it was of course our our good friend jesse you know really speaking into to my life and then speaking into you know what skill set that i was developing by doing videos all the time um and, you know, it was easy because you're, you're sitting on a screen. I want to say it's easy. I lied. It's not easy. It's easier than standing on a stage. That's for sure. I can't do it. Like, I have a real difficult time looking at the screen and talking to it. This is why I'm terrible on TikTok. <laughs> this is why I, I can't do fucking... If you look at, like, anything I do on social media, yeah. I can only pose for pictures. That's what I get paid to do. That's, <laughs> that's I all do I do. That and well. I know how to do that very well. <laughs> but when it comes to putting it on the camera and speaking to it, yeah. that shit is fucking hard. Really, see, and that was like the, that was like my way to 
to not have to public speak. <laughs> like I, had to, I mean, I can sit here and do this. I see everybody else take selfies. I never got to be into selfie things. So this is my version of selfie. I'm just going to talk to myself. And, you know, because of how my writing went, it was I was putting it out there. And I when I would put it out there, I'd just put my phone down for like six hours in the early going because I didn't want to hear what people had to say. I didn't want to risk somebody, you know, killing it in me. I didn't want to risk somebody, you know, telling me I was lying about my own story, which has happened so often in my life. That it, you know, it's, it's again that imposter, that that like the that possibility, yeah, and, yeah. you know, that that shit. Um, and it was as I got better at videos, as you know, Jesse kind of fostered a space for my creativity to grow, and you know, just to be myself and more authentically. Ethan, the more I am me, the easier this gets. And you know, I didn't really understand what that meant. And it was just like just just talk. All I wanted mm-hmm. to do was just talk. I'm just having a conversation with somebody when I'm you know sharing a piece of my story. And, you know, as I got better at how I would deliver it, I wouldn't let my emotions run so wild anymore. You know, I wouldn't let, uh, you know, I wouldn't say all of the swear words that I know in one video. You know, I wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, there was, you know, just time to kind of develop the skill of just talking, mm-hmm. you know. And then the fact that, you know, I play the drums, you know, here and there on, you know, church stages, you know, being on stage isn't so foreign, but there's also a drum kit to protect me from everybody out there. Mm-hmm. It's different when you stand on stage and there's nothing between you. Um, you know, and my journey kind of started by, again, Jesse, you know, speaking at the rally that, that he did after George Floyd was murdered, you know, and that had sprung from me shooting a, a highly emotional, angry, cuss-filled video, just like being tired and exhausted of seeing people that look like me dying at the hands of people wearing a uniform that they deemed to be race. I don't understand. I couldn't, I was just fed up. And, you know, I shot this and Jesse reached out to first console and, you know, be my mentor. And then it sprung into this idea and getting to stand on that stage was the scariest thing I've ever done, even though it was in front of a screen. It was still still COVID. Mm -hmm. This was still, it was an online event Mm -hmm. and still it was terrifying. You know, I got up there and I was vibrating and I remember I opened with, I am absolutely terrified. So I'm just going to, I'm gonna try to talk to you. I'm shaking. <laughs> this is this is new for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get through this. And you know, then once I was into it, it was okay. You know, every time it's always once I get into it, I'm just talking to people now. Mm, but it. it's up until then. It's that. It's that. It's it's a thing. So you know, getting into it was kind of a just an evolutionary process of me walking through life as a creative, as trying to you know heal myself as well as you know help other people see that they can. And it started out as this little thing. You know, I wanted to die. I had, you know, a plan. I wrote a piece, didn't want to share it, finally shared it, and then what happened was the complete opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I had people message me, I had people comment, thank you so much for sharing it. Like, it was the most overwhelming thing, and, you know, I didn't carry out my plan. You know, something was here, and then I would go dark again, and that was when I would be the best at writing, when I was in that war. You know, and then I would write something because I'd start shaking, and then I would just grab it, I'd write, or I'd type it out. And it'd be another piece. And I'd be so close to wanting to die again, and then I'd share it. And then it was just this cycle. Like, I had to go to the ugly and survive it by writing. And it created this thing that it was like, videos were next. And how can I take what I've learned in therapy and give it to somebody else? You know, these mental health minutes, I think, is what it started with. Like, I think I only shot five of them before. I was like, I cannot contain this in 60 seconds for the life of me. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot longer videos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was scary, too, because then it was just sitting like this with me and my phone talking about ugly stuff for f- three, four, five, six minutes at a time, you know, and in and of itself, like showing that raw emotion as I talked about, you know, learning to cry on camera and not stop it from happening, 
being able to be vulnerable and open that way. Like the first time that I cried in a video was like the most watched video that I've had still. Mm. And it was men reaching out to me going, I don't know how you did that, but like that, like I don't remember the last time I cried. Like the ability to just lead, like we talk, like I, we talked before, like I'm going this way, like come with me. Like I know that we can do this together. Mm. So I lead by example. I tried to open my heart more and then it was the darkness got a little bit less. You know, I started to move out of it and be more even keeled longer. So my message got better. You know, I was able to not have to deliver from the darkness anymore. You know, I was able to be out in the light and start kind of moving through more healing and then, you know, letting my light just get brighter and brighter. I didn't have to stay in that suck to just get my message out anymore. Now I developed the skill where I can be okay and still have. Now I get to talk about that ugly stuff and make a better point. Now I get to use tools and resources all the time. It's just evolved as I've evolved just naturally through the ebb and flow of surviving life as I'm going through this process. You know, I get to talk about just living my experiences and how what happened to me in the past affects how I walk through life now. Mm. Um, And, you know, every time I have the option to shoot a video, I have to do it. Like I will just get an idea on doing 120 kilometers down the highway and I'll have to pull over to shoot it. Like I got to get it out because if I don't, I miss the opportunity. It won't come back. Mm. Like I've missed so much content because I didn't have my phone ready or I didn't have a piece of paper ready or, and it was something really profound. I would get so annoyed until I was finally like, whatever happens now, you stop and you say it. And, you know, it's just like started to evolve and I was catching cooler moments of my story, you know, better delivered moments, you know, shorter words of encouragement, you know, things that would remind me of a better time, you know, whatever it was, it just kept growing. The more I poured out, the more I would heal, the more I would be uncomfortable, the more opportunities to be uncomfortable and grow at the same time would come to me. And it's just continued to grow and evolve every step of the way to this thing now where, you know, I have a book and people are paying to hear me read from it. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I'm sorry, but, w- w- like, the imposter syndrome, the, I'm sorry, but what? What do, you, what do you mean after I told you you couldn't do this, people paid to hear you read something that they're going to read on their own and then talk to you about it because they want to know how you got through something else? Like, mm. I survived all of that to get to do this cool shit with people? Mm. Like, it's just that uncomfortable evolution of what can I do next? How do I get uncomfortable? And, you know, public speaking is one of them. It's my current big one. Mm-hmm. It is uncomfortable. It's it, And yet everything in me wants to go and stand on that stage in front of 150,000 people and say, we're better together. I did it. You can do it. Let's go. Like, we are better together. Like, I know that that's going to get to happen. I'm going to get an opportunity to speak to lots of people. And the thought of that still scares the shit on me because, again, me mm-hmm. but dude you just did the coolest thing mm. like it's always that continuing to evolve speaking and getting there you know getting to the stage is the hardest part once i'm there i'm home getting to that stage is still the hardest part and the beauty of it the beauty of this manifestation of this idea you had created in your head is that it started in your head mm-hmm. like you had to actually visualize it before it became a thing. You had to think of it mm-hmm. before it became a thing. And as you were thinking of it, you had voices telling you, okay, well, no, you can't do that. Or why would they listen to you? You had all these things, all these voices coming and telling you, no, no, you can't stand on that stage. You can't mm-hmm. talk to people. You can't make film that video. <laughs> and through all that, there's this thing, this physical thing in real life mm-hmm. 
that is the manifestation of all that you were thinking, of all that you had visualized before putting and it out. The beautiful there. thing about manifestation is it evolves. It evolves. Like you, I, it, you know, manifesting, getting to speak was all that I wanted to do. Like I wanted, I didn't say I wanted to make a career. I wanted to see what it's like to get on stage and share my story. And after that, it has now turned into, I get to travel to share it. No, exactly. You know, it was a small <laughs> thing that you like just this like. this thing, and now I'm like, well, where can I take it? Yeah. Like, what am I going to manifest next? Well, it's a book that now I get to play with how this book is done. It's open avenues. So you get to talk to people about the hardest things in their lives without having to, you know, A, traumatize them by not being a therapist and not having this, you know, the, the literal training, but being able to help them human to human, soul to soul, heart to heart, and be like, no, this is the gentle way. This mm -hmm. is, there is a way to get out of this, and I don't need to know the specifics. I know you're hurt. I've been there. I live there. I know the I know the neighborhood. We have jackets, the cool stuff on 42nd. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> um, but I think it's time we should go. Like I think let's let's get out of hurt. Like and that's all that I'm trying to foster is a space for people to dig themselves out. Because I had to do that. You did it. And I did it. And I'm still doing it. And I will continue to do it because that's how we do this as a community. You know, if I don't stop growing, I give space for other people to not stop growing. Hmm. we get to do this thing together no matter what it looks like. I'm just, you know, I get to facilitate it in a different way than other people. It's beautiful, isn't it? I love it. Like, I think that as ugly as this work is, is like the most beautiful thing that I get to do with my life. Because mm -hmm. you know that at the end of the day, my thing has always been, <coughs> and I, I don't know if you see it like this, but your job is to inspire one person a day. Mm-hmm. If one person watches this episode and is like, man, that Ethan guy, he spoke some real shit. Like, I win. You know? Yeah, that's, that's the one. It's that's always the win. It's always one. Like, it's, like, I, like, and that's that manifestation. Like, I want it to be. Like, and even in, even in thinking, like, this is the most beautiful thing. Like, because of who I get to be, the man that I become, I get to be that man, you know, to my daughter, for my daughter. She has to see this version of me, the guy who is starting to believe that I really don't know what I'm capable of doing in this world physically with my own body, as an athlete, as a speaker, as a dad. Like, I keep getting to grow, and she gets a better version, a leveled-up version of her dad, and it also gives her space to level up. Like, that's beautiful in and of itself. That's one person no matter what. And she's a great example. Right? And, and that's so awesome because I want... You know, I want that legacy to be left for her in a way where it's like, yes, you know, I, I have this grandiose vision. I have this, I'm going to travel this world with my story. But at the heart of it is if one person, any person, every time I wake up in the morning, I know that one person's got to see this. It's always got to be one. Just one. Because one more is one more is one more is one more. That is enough. And that, like that, in that piece is what's beautiful for me. Is I'm gonna get to be bigger, but it's always still about the one because I was the one. Mm -hmm. I'm, my story is that I was that one that just never quite got the help, the support, the care, the level of concern. I was that one, mm -hmm. and I just need to reach that one. Just one, one at a time, one day at a time, one talk at a time, one video at a time. It's you break it down to the simplest four. It's just one. Just one. If the goal is one, if you simplify it, it makes it achievable. Just one person, just one video, just one talk 
just one book, you know, and that one book started with one line, you know, mm-hmm. one page, you know, it's very, very simple. And I think we complicate it. <laughs> we really complicate it. You know, it's easy to complicate it because it's you look at the it, most like complicated, simple thing picture. that we do. Yeah, we co- we're looking at it, you think, oh, shit, like, yeah, I got to speak in front of 100,000 people. That sounds hard. It is hard. You start with one, mm-hmm. and you move up to ten. You know, simple mathematics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know That's what I mean? Are you still buying your carpets from the same place you buy your fruits? Are you still buying your carpets from the same place you buy your underwear? Shame on you. Treat your own with some respect. Come shop with me at Kashan Persian Rugs. What's that you said? You can't afford one. <laughs> Nonsense. You can come in store right now and walk out with the rug with our new buy now, pay later program. That's right. Buy now, pay later. Come shop with us at Kashan Persian Rugs. So you've written a book, right? Mm. We were just talking about this, right? You know, tell us about the premise. Tell us what, we kind of know what inspired you to write it. You know, but tell us about the book. When can we expect it out, you mm. know? And there's an audio book too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the book, uh, titled Grit to Grace, I wrote it in the summer of 2020. Uh, I had started speaking and uh, after George Floyd was murdered, HarperCollins in Canada put out a, a their call to action was... Uh, agentless BIPOC submission, so you can just put in whatever you wanted, uh, send it in. So, unfortunately, uh, when Jesse clocked it, there was only 30 days left, so I had to get on it. And, yeah, you know, 30 days later, I was sitting in Calgary celebrating that I'd written a book. Uh, written a book about my life and, you know, my life of surviving, you know, a decade's worth of child, child abuse at the hands of somebody in my family. You know, what happened after, you know, after I put him away, you know, how I grew up the things that make me tick and how I evolved and grew from the trauma and, you know, it goes up into kind of when I started doing this work and it's, you know, the book itself is a lot like how I deliver my message. It's very raw. It's very heavy. There's, there's a lot in it. There's a lot of anger in the book. There's a lot of, you know, just emotion. I poured a lot of healing into the book without, you know, intending to do it. You know, there's things, I pulled punches in a lot of places. I delivered some in others. You know, I, this book just, it walks through how much suck, you know, I can remember at any given time that I've been through and still came out the other side, you know, in some way, shape or form. 
you know, it, it really goes into my relationship with family and why it is the way it is. It goes into, you know, some of the relationships where my abuse could have been stopped. You know, it's, it really is, you know, much more of a, an autobiographical self-help book <laughs> than it is anything else, but it's also, you know, it's the catalyst to more books. I'll say that, you know, there are, there are lots of things that in the book itself, I could make an entire book about, mm-hmm. you know, and so I do believe that there are lots of things going in my brain right now and, and in my creative mind and in my mind of being an author and, and a public speaker that will, will lead me to write more books and, you know, creating my own label for grit to grace to be printed on is, is, you know, part of that step. And, you know, it just, for me, it was a part of this, can I do this thing? You know, this task that's been given to me, you know, Jesse likes to challenge me. He's, he's really good at pushing me to the, to the limits of what I think I'm capable of. Cause he's always, you know, a step ahead and knows that I'm going to knock it out of the park and <laughs> it'd be cool if I could believe that beforehand. I'm working on it. You know, so it was always, it, when I attacked this thing, it was, can I do this? Can I, Ethan, sit and write this thing with this little time and, you know, prove to me that I can, you know, undertake something that makes me fucking uncomfortable? You know, that was really the first time that I proved, like, everything up until then was uncomfortable shit. But that one was really big knowing, you know, I talked about it in therapy a lot. I actually put it down for the first week. I put, you know, 2,000 or 3,000 words in. In the first day, it took a lot of time because I had to, you know, talk it into my phone, then transcribe it, and was trying to edit it, and it just was this headache and really heavy trying to remember back past the shit <laughs> to get mm-hmm. to the, you know, being a kid. But because my story starts at five, like I, the, I didn't, nothing happened before then. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was just really heavy, and so I put it down. Like, there's no way I can do this. There's nobody's gonna want to hear this shit. Like, what do you mean? And there's this is going to be gross. It's going to be just all of this super imposter syndrome, but just super really not believing that this was, you know, what I was something I was capable of doing. It's not what I wanted to do. And, you know, after, you know, about a week, something in me just, just like my writing was like, you can, if you just try, like just believe it for, give yourself a day of believing. And, you know, so I sat down and put down three or 4,000 words and then it started to become like this. Oh, I, I did it one day. Can I do it two in a row and make sure I hit my quota of 2,000 words? And I was like, oh, a quota. I should have a word quota. And I started to, like, challenge myself in, in the challenge with me at smaller challenges. And I started to realize, like, I can convince myself to do stuff and jump around the defense system and the, the toxic defense mechanisms if I listen to what I'm saying in rebuttal to doing the good shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I started to be able to beat myself in my own game, like, 2,000 words isn't really that much when you're talking to your phone. So just, just tell the story. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to yourself. And the book is written like a conversation with me. You know, I'm not particularly talking to anybody in particular. I'm just talking. I said particular to sir. Didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's just when I talk to myself, it's much easier to process everything as we go because it's just like this, you know, it's almost like an internal monologue. Like, I lived the story. I'm just telling it all out. And it, it started to flow, right? Yeah, it But then heart. it was, yeah, it was that piece of it. It was like, I would get halfway through a story and go, oh, shit, I forgot about this piece. So I'd be able to go back and talk again and really, like, pour into it. Oh, but Jay taught me that in therapy. And so I will, like, end a paragraph with, like, a way to do, like, a breathe breathe session at the end of something anxious, anxiety-ridden. You know, w- 
getting to kind of use what I knew at the time and evolve, it became this fun thing near the end where I was like, then it was starting to get down to the time because I'd wasted so much of it. And the last three days, I think, were like 7,000 word days or something like that because I took a bunch of stuff out I didn't like. I edited it and quick edited it and it was like, oh, God. But it just like, and then I put out a couple of big, big word days and I was like, I could have done this the whole time. Like, I proved one more thing at the end that I was like, I'm capable of more than that still. You know, that was the real, that was the first time that I completed a project like that, that proved to me that I could do this thing, whatever the fuck it is, or turns into whatever task comes my way, like, I can, in my own weird way, get it done. So what does that mean? And it's just been always the next thing, like, how do I do this my way, and make sure that, you know, I actually do the work. Mm. I can do it if I really try, so how do I make sure that I do this work? And it was just always growing and evolving that book was the the catalyst to a lot of this stuff that I do now why I'm good at a lot of the stuff that I am now and will be why I'm better at other things down the road um so yeah this book is it's really heavy it's a really a really deep and intense journey um and you know working on the Indiegogo to get it published now there's going to be an audiobook and I'm going to narrate it you know I, w- I was going to give it to somebody that you know I trust deeply to one of my close circle you know that's a big big ask but you know it's my story mm-hmm. So you went through Indiegogo. Tell us about your publishing mm-hmm. process. Like, what is the, what did... You know, yeah, so I'm going to self-publish. That's why I get to create my own label. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Serotonin Creatives, they jumped on the book, like, early, early, like, weeks after I'd written it. They, mm-hmm. you know, happenstance, I put on a, a challenge and was picking up a prize somebody was giving me, and they had the publisher there. And I happened to, I needed to be there for five minutes, and I was there for, like, three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So they've been really interested in the whole time. So they decided, you know, let's do this thing. We'll go the Indiegogo route. It's, you know, crowdfunding, you know, push it, push it, push it. You know, it's it's been a tough sled, but it's it's also, you know, opened up doors to do other really cool things. And the audio book is, is a really big piece of this one. As I'm speaking about the book more and doing these readings and seeing the effect that they have, you know, I know that I, you know, have the responsibility to narrate this, but to also kind of create... Uh, a very cool experience with the audiobook as as it uh, you know as we get to work through it and stuff so um, you know the Indiegogo is you know publishing great to grace um, I'm sure we can put the link up somewhere but you know more importantly it's just yeah it's just that the book comes out you know for me timelines are a weird thing I, you know I said this spring when I started this Indiegogo and because of a couple of shifts, you know, in, in funding, but also in, in the way I want to attack publishing it, um, chances are it's going to be, you know, late spring instead of early spring. Um, but in that, there's a really cool piece of work that we get to do with this book. So it'll be, it'll be fun. You're going to have to stay tuned for that, though. But, you know, after hours only go so far. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like there's some, some really cool projects coming with the book as its own project. There's some mini projects coming along that you, you can keep your eyes out for. It'll be be a good time it's exciting man it's, it's exciting that you know you by pulling yourself out of whatever it was that you were going through which is this years of trauma you know drug abuse all the things you named you pulled yourself out of that which was like i imagine that when you're in it the only thing you want to do is pull yourself out Yes and, and no. Then, yes and no, right? Uh, that's a, a whole well, other thing. Yeah, yeah, we we ain't got the time for that answer, man. <laughs> When you did finally pull yourself out, mm-hmm. you realize that there's, oh shit, like, my story can actually move the needle, mm-hmm. you know? 
you 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 thought that you know you got there and it, that was the end, mm-hmm. but really that's just the beginning. Yeah, you know, it really was. It, it's really the beginning, right? It's like now you're you're you're, you're talking, you're sharing your experiences, mm-hmm. you're writing a book. <laughs> you know, what I'm when you write a book, I, I'm sorry. Once you become a, <laughs> you're, you're you're solidified, like you're expert. <laughs> your expertise is, is here. It's it's real. It's physical. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were an expert before, but now it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just read my book. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a bit of a there's a bit of a you know a, a, a thing that comes with with writing a book you know it's like this book about your life and it's so powerful because someone can read it mm-hmm. and say damn like i can get through the shit that i'm going through yeah. you know how can i not there's well, an yeah, example yeah, there's an example in front of me there's this thing that is a testament to this man's approach and how he got and himself out of it and now i can get myself out of you it you know we as humans you know we just need possible that's it that's all you need like we that's just need possible need. i found that in doing this work is it's like, and I know as a trauma survivor, like, I just, I, I needed, like, it's possible. I just, possible. And, you know, a little bit, that little bit of hope. And, you know, we do lose it. You know, I, I'm open about it. You know, many suicide attempts, you know, many just not wanting to keep being in such a shitty place, mm-hmm. you know, and always, you know, coming through, surviving them, you know, making a different decision, you know, whatever it was. You know, getting to come to this place and still be able to say, like, I just need possible. You just need possible. Like, I'm, 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 I'm just a guy. I'm just a man. I am just here showing you that it is possible. Tomorrow is possible. Like, we, like, you can. It's, you can get better. It does, and it will. Like, I promise you guys, it will. You just got to believe that it can. You got to believe that it can. And that, like telling people that never registers so i'm gonna fucking show you mm. i'm just gonna go live i'm gonna thrive i'm gonna grow and then i'm gonna share my story and be loud about it so you can't ignore the fact that i said i could do it and you could do it and i just proved that it can be done let's go do it i'm still here let's go do it that's it that's all you need man and i can see how um you know I, meeting jesse and stuff how that can have that could be everything you know because that's also a, a glimpse of possible mm-hmm. right you know, having the right people around you, that's a glimpse of possible, right? And then we duplicate it. We find ways to duplicate it. We find new ways to duplicate mm-hmm. it, you know? It's like, yeah, I'm Ethan, and I'm the testament to that this is possible. Now it's about how how can I keep spreading this message mm-hmm. exponentially. And then, like, and the cool part about it is it's not just, you know, not it's not just about escaping the darkness yeah. that, that I can do. You know, I've, I've built a successful business. Mm-hmm. I can do that, too. I wrote a book. I could do that too. Yeah. You know, like these, you know, I just try to inspire people where they are. Like this, what this book is really for everybody, because somewhere along the line, I fell through the cracks. Mm-hmm. So it's for the people that miss me, but it's for the people that also know me, the no suffering, that know the darkest depths of whatever they're in, that know where I come from. It's for them too. Like this thing is so far reaching because everybody should hear some portion of this. If you had clocked in my story anything about me as a child and watched the switch happen overnight and know anything about trauma, it could have been ended in kindergarten when it should have been or grade one or the incident in grade two or the other three incidents in grade three and then the seven and four. And as it just kept nobody 
It's because nobody knew how to see it. Mm. You can't ignore me now. Now I'm telling you how to see now it. Now you're identifying. You're now giving I'm guys telling tools. You, that yeah. you can help. You can help these people. You have the that thing here, that gut instinct that says something might be off. Is like bats, like ninety four percent. I say I say it's ninety nine percent. I'm, a, I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> for, the, for the pessimists out there. I'm trying because I know somebody's like well, my gut's always wrong. It's like no, no, your gut was right. Your interpretation of it was wrong. Uh-huh. That's the difference. That's it right there. That's the difference because your gut said this and you went, well, maybe if I, and you might have only done a quarter of what the gut said to do. If you'd have just done it the whole hundred, guess what? The problem wouldn't happen, but you chose to do the thing where you regress and you pull back. And I get it. I know you're human. I'm human. I do it all the time. But in and of itself, the gut was right. This was not. Mm. And there in, in and of itself proves my point. <laughs> it's that simple. That's what I'm saying. Is that simple? It's not that simple. It's like we technically we know we know that it is. It's Jesse does this to me all the time. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's gonna see this. You know what I'm talking about? It's it's it's, it's really you no. Know, it's it is simple. No, Jesse, it's hard. No, it getting there is hard. It and it is simple. It's do it. Simple. Simple. Is <laughs> is that thing? It's do it. I tell you, um, it's, it's interesting. My first encounter with Jesse, um, I told him that I was working on this project, you know, this documentary project, and he says to me, I think it's like the first week I started working on it. He says to me, "Have you written a treatment for it?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "Why not?" <laughs> uh, now I'm asking myself, "Why not, nigga? Well, nigga why <laughs> haven't you written a treatment for it?" <laughs> And I go back to my office. I'm looking at my computer screen. And I'm looking at all my notes. And I'm looking at all the research. I'm like, fuck it. Let me just fucking write a treatment for it, you know. And then I ended up in like, you know, five six days with all the research I had put together, mm-hmm. writing a treatment for it. And I'm like, well, damn. Well, th- I just just met this guy. Yeah. And his influence. It was that just do it. It was mm-hmm. it's, it was really that simple. It was. It's, it and was it really is contagious. Like all you have to do is take it on faith that. Whoever said it to you is right. Yeah. Like, really, if, if I didn't trust Jesse at any given time in this with how he would j- is just driving forward all the time, like, I wouldn't be here. Mm. It was taking it on faith that he's he wants what's best for me. I have to trust that about the person to believe what he says. And that was the thing. Like, I don't think he's here to harm me. I think he has my best interest in mind. So when he says just do it, like, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to just do it. And it hasn't failed me yet. It never feels. It's just the, this, the simple portion of can you make it on this side of I can't do that. Yeah. If you just make it on and do it, you make it over there, you already won. That's it. You it's don't make mental. it over there. It's 95% mental. Tell us where we can find your work, man. Let us know where we can find you. Absolutely. Uh, working on uh, the website as we speak. Instagram is where I'm, you know, most do most of my work you know fight me on this underscore at the front at the back but if you just search ethan nicholas and i see olas there's no h or k cool um <laughs> you can find me there uh pity the fool fitness on facebook is my training stuff and you know where i still share some of the mental health and yeah those are the, those are the big ones right now and the indiegogo will i'll send you after this i'm excited for the, i'm excited for the book man I'm yeah man i am each day you know as it changes and grows and evolves it just becomes more exciting to be be part of such a project that so many you know people believe in and really want to see come to fruition so it's, it's really that's it's fun man it's exciting you know you should celebrate yourself man you should look in the mirror and tell yourself you know you went through a whole lot of shit to be here right now mm-hmm. and that's funny i did it in, in the car today on the way here i was on the highway i was just like man 
like you did you've done some really cool shit like can you like just take a second and just like appreciate be happy with the fact that like you're not only that you're here you have a daughter in the back seat that loves you to death that just wants to listen to music and you know sing along the whole way like she has your love for music like you you're able to give that to her you know i'm an author that's about to be published like you couldn't tell me you tell me three years ago before i wrote the book that i'd be able you tell me a year ago even with the book there that i was actually gonna publish it i tell you you're fucking crazy mm. you know i'm sitting there thinking like i did this thing i spoke to a room of 10 people virtually and changed 10 people's lives for the better because they told me i did mm-hmm. like that you're doing the thing you are trying to do and making change and like like be happy with yourself for one second dude like, I don't take enough time to stop and be like, fuck, what? Like, because for me, you know, and I know you know what this was like, I don't ever want to be, you know, not humble. Mm-hmm. I want to remain humble. I don't want this to be taken from me because I'm an arrogant shit. Or, you know, I don't want to be like, I did this. Like, but I fucking did. Yeah, and yeah. I had to survive to do it. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep surviving. To, like, it's it's the hard line to do the, the internal, like, be happy and appreciative and, you know, take a second to bask in the success that you've had because I never want to lose that humility piece. But, like, even in the car today, I was just like, dude, you're humble. You are humble, but you have done some fucking cool stuff and you are strong enough to do more cool shit, but don't ever stop praying for the strength to keep doing it because you know what comes next. Mm-hmm. A bigger, a better enemy. Yeah. A bigger right. foe, a bigger thing to fight against. So let's go. Let's get it. And that's why you got to celebrate yourself. What's that line, man? You know it's true when you are who you think you are. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my guy, Ethan. Absolutely. Appreciate no, you, my appreciate brother. You, man. Oh. Thank you for coming. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. This was really great. You guys know what it is, man. The Gifted Gab, 1K Convos. Go home and think about what you just listened to. Just like that, we gone.